0: Hello my friend, welcome back to another episode of the She Chose Hope podcast. My name is Cassidy and I am glad you're here. Today we're joined with Shelby York. She is an author, podcaster, wife, and avid adventurer whose passion is helping Christian women realize their worth and potential through God's eyes. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about those times when we do not feel wonderfully made. More specifically, we're going to be talking about things like body image, eating disorders, infertility and so much more i hope you're ready for those listening in shelby tell us who you are what you do and since you love adventuring i would love to know what your favorite adventure is yeah
1: okay thank you for having me on um, yeah, so my name is Shelby. I, like you said, I'm an author and podcaster as well. Um, I am a wife and a dog mom and all the all the things in between. Um, my probably my favorite adventure I took. Um, I don't know. There's so many. Um, <laughs> I took one to Puerto Rico. <laughs> I took one to Puerto Rico, and that was kind of my first time away from home by myself. Um, I went with a group of people, but I didn't know them. So, um, that was super fun. And I got to test out my, uh, horrible Spanish speaking skills. And I was definitely looked at like an idiot most of the time, but that was probably the best. Um, just cause I like literally felt like I was adventuring outside of, you know, my small town and all that stuff. Um, I think you asked another question. I don't remember what it was. What it was. Oh,
0: it was, just, um, let's see. It was, what is your favorite adventure that you can remember? <laughs> I think you answered okay okay good I think I answered that yep that sounds like so much fun I've never been to Puerto Rico I we went to Mexico like Cozumel one time on like a cruise and we were there for maybe four hours but that's like so much fun (laughs) Uh, yeah. 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 I am um, I mentioned br- this briefly in the introduction, but Shelby is the host of the Candid Faith podcast. And last year we got to chat over there on how we can have deep faith whenever we're going through deep struggles. It's fun now to come full circle and to have you on my podcast. And if you, yes, if you guys want to check it out, I'll leave a link to the podcast in th- that episode in the show notes for you to check it out after this episode. But Shelby, I'm so glad you're here. And I'm even more excited to dive into your story because I think that there's a lot of other women listening and that will be able to relate to the things that you have to say. So let's go ahead and start at the beginning. Why don't you share a little bit about your testimony with us?
1: Yeah, so I always like to start my testimony by saying I did not grow up in church whatsoever. Um, my knowledge of god came from quick dinner prayers with my family um maybe going to church every now and then with my friends but you know for me that was just a way for me to like hang out with my friends it really wasn't about god or being a christian or anything like that and i don't blame my my family or my parents or anything like that for not introducing me to god because everybody's story and how mm-hmm. they find god is so unique and it's perfectly timed i think i know a lot of women who um, grew up in the church and they, they end up falling away from God because they're not really sure who God is to them without the influence of other people. And not that that's a bad thing. Like there is no right way to know and find Jesus whatsoever. I just, I think for me <laughs> knowing who I am, I think I found him at the absolute perfect time. Yeah. Um, and that was my freshman year of um, college I went through I dated a guy in high school for like four years and we had a really rocky relationship and um, we broke up at the beginning of college and I was just very broken and lost and I put a lot of of who I was into that relationship and a lot of effort into that relationship. and so I didn't even know what I wanted to do like with my life, let alone the next day I was going through anxiety and depression and it was just really rough. it was just something I had never experienced before um, and I didn't know how to navigate. Mm. And so eventually I was on Pinterest. I like to call it the gospel according to Pinterest. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I just kind of found little verses sprinkled through my feed and they just really brought me comfort. It was anywhere from just a single verse in Psalm or Proverbs or, um, even Galatians, like things like that. And I was like, I kind of want to know more. I kind of want to know more about this God who, um, can heal my broken heart and who wants to be close to me, even when I'm a hot freaking mess. Um, I want to know more about him (laughs) because I was just so like, I didn't even want to be around myself. Like I was a disaster, an absolute train wreck. And I think, you know, God can use anything at any time in history to make him known to us. And Pinterest just happened to be my saving grace at the time. Um, So that's just kind of where everything started to unfold. I kind of got a grasp on some promises God makes to me, uh, has um, wanted to make to me and different ways that he made himself known to me. Um, And eventually I was led to a really small church that was actually across from my apartment building. And I met some of the best mentors of I've ever known. And they helped me really kickstart my journey of knowing Jesus and becoming And like a real woman of God. And that's just, it's kind of been um, a wonderful, scary and wild roller coaster (laughs) ever since then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I think it's so cool that you said how we all find Jesus differently, that there's no right way or wrong way to come to Jesus. So it's so cool hearing other people's stories. Now, what were some things that you found that you were struggling with before you became a believer? And how did you see that that like, what did you continue to struggle with those things after you became a believer? What did that look like? Yeah.
1: So I struggled with a lot of things and it's things that we can all identify with. I mean, I was in high school and then beginning college. So I was in a huge life transition Mm -hmm. at the time. And so my struggles aren't, I mean, they're unique to me, but I think a lot of people can relate to them. I struggled with body image, eating disorders, putting my faith and my hope and trust in the wrong people and the wrong friends, putting myself worth in, in boys, um, several boys (laughs) and, um, just, just putting my, like I said, my worth and my purpose in the wrong places. And so that left me disappointed and discouraged and lost uh, more than once, more than twice. (laughs) So it's not that I suddenly, and I think some new Christians struggle with this. And this is how some people might fall away from the Christian lifestyle or from Jesus. It's not that when we declare Jesus, the Lord and savior of our hearts and our lives, that those issues suddenly be like disappear. Mm -hmm. They just become, for me, it just become, became a distant, something in the background. Uh, It was something I still struggled with and I had to work through but I had the God of the universe on my side to help me work out those things. And that is the biggest difference. So maybe, and of course I don't know what my life would look like had I not met Jesus when I did or at all. Um, maybe in terms of my eating disorder, let's say, maybe I wouldn't have recovered from it the way I did in a healthy, manageable way. But because I had Jesus by my side, I did. And maybe I talk about in my book, I had a really long standing fascination with pornography. Maybe I would still be in that really dark headspace and walking down that really dark, um, forbidden path, but I'm not, it's because of Jesus. So I think, if I can give like a quick word of encouragement, it's not that it just, everything disappeared Mm -hmm. and you know, the clouds parted. I mean, they did, but you know, (laughs) and I just never struggled with any of those things. Again, it just, God makes everything possible, healing, Mm -hmm. redemption, um, anything that we, what I said healing. Yeah. Um, anything that we're striving for, he can get us there because he's already walked before us.
0: I love that so much. We can get there because he's already walked before us. I think that is, that is so true. And I heard somebody say once a while ago, and I said this in another podcast interview, but I, I read once that it's not that whenever we come to Christ, we all of a sudden are Yes, there's a heart change, but it's not that we all of a sudden struggle and we shouldn't struggle, but as we continue to pursue Jesus and we get into deeper relationship with him, it can't help but fall away, and so I I think that's really neat that as it's not that we don't need to strive and it's not that we don't necessarily need to struggle that it's wrong, but that as we draw closer to the cross and as we are seeking deeper relationship with Jesus, those things do fall away, and I also want to give an encouragement to that person who is there, like I was a Christian when I was little, like I got saved young and I'm struggling like there is freedom and redemption in Jesus like as we keep pursuing him. Um, But Shelby, thank you for sharing with us about your um, eating disorder and when we're talking about the eating disorder specifically and your body image. um, Was there a specific moment that you realized hey I need help with this, and if so, what did that look like for you.
1: Yeah. So I think my biggest obstacle was I never identified that that was what I was struggling with. Um, I had spent many, many years just believing that that was my reality. Just the, the binge eating and the vicious the cycle of dieting, extreme working out, never being able to find balance and then binging and then disappointment and discouragement and depression. Like that was all kind of a part of this cycle I was in. Um, I just kind of accepted that as my reality. And I don't really, I don't know if I can pinpoint the time where I was like, I don't know if I have to live like this anymore. Like I can change things. Um, but my faith had a lot to do with that because start reading books in the Bible. You realize that like, God wants to be really close to you. And he wants to help you overcome because he is a redeemer and an overcomer and a way maker. And that's like why Waymaker is one of my favorite songs, because I identify so, so much with the visualization of him making a way for you when the world or people of the world will try to hinder you or stop you or, um, um, try to just discourage you from, from being your best self. Um, So, I think it was slow. Um, I think God started in my heart by helping me identify that I was worth more than rubies and I'm precious more, um, more precious than jewels in His eyes. And then that's when I started to see myself in that light. And I was like, I don't have to live this way anymore, I don't have to live with depression or anxiety. And, like, am I do I still, of course, but like I said. Jesus is always there, even when I'm by myself in the dark and I'm crying and like, whatever it is, like he's still there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just slowly started to transform my own mind to being like, this isn't what God had for me. That's not what he had in mind, you know? Um, so that's, that's just kind of, I guess the framework of when I really started to pray and study my way out of, um, something like an eating disorder.
0: And I like how you said, it's not that you don't struggle with it anymore, because I do think that there are lots of Christians that struggle with anxiety and depression and chemical imbalances. And it's not that you weren't struggling with that anymore, but that you knew that you were not alone in that. It was not like, was yeah. like you were alone. Like you realized he was there with you in it. And I think that's really neat.
1: I do just want to say that for anyone who has, or is struggling with something like an eating disorder. Um, I of course, prayer and studying my Bible and spending time with God was like the ultimate thing that helped me out of it. But I also was in therapy and I went to see, um, I, I worked with a nutritionist for a really long time. And I think God helped me be open to those options. So it's not like, if you need help in those areas, please seek professional help because
0: God will put the right people in your path. It definitely did for me. Yes, absolutely. I I remember in, in a different type of way. I did not struggle with an eating disorder, but I did really have this period of time when I had not had a diagnosis with my chronic illness and it had been years and I was in the emergency room and one of the doctors came in. He said, I believe there's something wrong with you um but I do think that you should go receive counseling and I was like I'm not going to do that because it means it's all in my head like I was so against it but it has been the biggest thing that has helped me move from a place of um, like being stuck in like that depressive cycle, and actually giving me resources and tools to like, what do I do when I'm feeling this way? What do I do when I'm feeling like the world is you know crashing in that I have no future? Like, what do I do? And so I completely agree with what you're saying. I love counseling. If you, are, if you yes, same. <laughs> if you need, if you are struggling with these things, professional counseling is an amazing resource, and I will leave a link in the show notes um to for you guys with resources for counseling for online counseling and also about eating disorders and things like that that if you do need help that you can go to Um, but so we were talking about this like like realizing hey like I need some help I don't have to live this way what kind of support system would you say you had and how did your struggles with an eating disorder and body image impact your relationship with others
1: Yeah. So at the beginning of my walk with Christ, um, I didn't have that much of a support system. And I think that's super common. Um, I think if you're the only person in your life that is a Christian, like if you did like me, I didn't grow up with a Christian family or even Christian friends, it can feel really isolating. And so for a long time, It was just me until I found myself in a church. I didn't really have anybody to like teach me and mentor me and bounce ideas off of and to pray with or pray to ask someone to pray for me and those kind of things. And so my support system was few and far in between at the beginning. Um, but as I got into the church and I started kind of this, this came around in college, but I started to kind of weed out my friends that were no longer, supportive of my walk with Christ didn't reflect the type of morals, um, that I, that I wanted to exemplify and pursue in my life. Um, that's kind of when everything started to shift. I started focusing my prayer life on godly friendships and mm-hmm. God absolutely delivered. Um, it took a while, but it was so worth the wait, just like, you know, if you're waiting for a godly man to become your husband, like that's a long wait, <laughs> that's a really long wait. And the same, the same can be true about friendships. Um, You might just have to wait for your heart to be ready and for their heart to be ready. And when you meet at the right time, it's just, it's just perfect. So now my support system is a lot better because I waited and I, I, I prayed for those, those relationships. And I've also found since I've moved recently, I found a church that has youth groups. And so I've met more people. Um, in terms of my eating disorder, I definitely had trouble, not necessarily keeping friendships because of the eating disorder, but I was hiding it. I was hiding the fact that I'd had one. And then part of that was the reason, um, you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't really know I, I had one. I just didn't really call it that. I just thought that was my reality. And so I didn't know I was really struggling with that for a long time, but, it made me uncomfortable to hide such a big struggle from my friends and family. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think my family honestly knew I had an eating disorder until my book came out. (laughs) That tells you like how long I had, um, hit it. And so it was really surprising for a lot of people, but, um, it separated me from my friends and family because it was a big, like I said, it was a really struggle. it was emotional. Um, it was physically demanding to kind of, I try to heal from it while I'm also in the thick of it at the same time. So when I finally opened with it and I finally got help and I started telling people like my husband or even just my closest friends that I was really having an issue with this obstacle um i started like being closer with them you know it's like a form of intimacy to share that kind of information with people that are closest to you and then you kind of find out who is supportive and who is understanding and then you bring those people closer um and that's kind of how i got closer to god in that season as well because i learned that i could tell god absolutely anything and he's like i'm going to love you anyway so that's kind of like I said, why I think I found Jesus at the perfect time, because I don't know if I would have learned that intimacy with him at an early age, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Now, What would you say to the girl who's listening that it it has a struggle, like an eating disorder or, um, like severe body image, like struggles, what would you say to her? If she is struggling with opening up to somebody, a safe person, um, how would you encourage her to go about doing that? Yeah, so
1: I always think that starting with just one person is super helpful, even if it's your best friend that you've been friends with for a long time, if it's a parent, if it's another family member who you just your heart and soul trust them, someone you can confide in. Just one person can make the biggest difference in your own healing journey. And you never know. Um, I know Katie Maddox on cast had said this. She's like, just one person. You like you telling one person can make them realize that they are also not alone in a certain struggle. And then all of a sudden you have something to connect over and you're helping each other through a healing journey. And I know that was that way for me, one of my best friends, I told her about my eating disorder and she was like, I also struggle with anxiety and depression. So it wasn't an eating disorder, but I I didn't know she was struggling with those things and she was struggling with suicidal thoughts. And so we were able to have a really open honest and raw conversation together. And now that made our relationship so much stronger. Um, If you feel like you can't open up to somebody, I'm a huge advocate of journaling. Um, Just being able to get your thoughts and your feelings out on paper, even if you have to burn it afterward. I've done that so many times before where I didn't want the evidence of how I felt (laughs) like somewhere on this planet. And so I just wrote out how I felt and then I burned it. Um, I don't always do that, but (laughs) sometimes it's like, you know, extreme well, <laughs>
0: circumstances. I really um, agree with you. I, I also <laughs> journal and I joke around saying like if I would die when I die one day, they need to get automatically burned. Like no one touches <laughs> them except to burn them, like get rid of them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Um you have to do that. You go for it, you have one person, two people here that will support you in that. <laughs> And, and then therapy, you know, that's the therapist's job is to not judge you and to be there for you. Um, you know, finding a therapist isn't easy. I've gone through several. So I always say, take the first two or three sessions to figure out if you, um, if that person's going to work for you and if you feel like you can trust them, because if you can't, it is your Mm -hmm. right to move on and to find somebody else that you can open up about something big and emotional, um, and life-changing like life-altering basically so those are my suggestions yeah
0: and I do think that there is a place for like purely like biblical counseling but I do think it's important to make sure that if you're struggling in a specific area that the person that you are going to is trained in this area that they can be a resource to you to help you navigate this. That's not just going to give you the churchy answers on how to deal with it, but that's actually going to give you um, like actual tools and resources. The Bible is wonderful and it's an important resource, but we need to couple that with that uh, with other resources to help you move forward. It's not wrong. Yeah, absolutely. It's not wrong if just reading your Bible and just praying is not, Um, enough to help you overcome an eating disorder or, or work through depression and anxiety. It's okay to need extra tools and extra support. As you were working on overcoming this eating disorder and learning to see yourself as God sees you, was there something specific that really helped you move from a place of struggle to a place of healing? Yeah, I think it's
1: not a straightforward answer, uh, because a healing journey is not a straight
0: path.
1: So it is absolutely not linear. It's, it's, uh, you take a pen and a piece of paper and you scribble with your eyes closed. Like that's probably what it's going to look like. And it's definitely what it looked like for me. (laughs) Um, it's like trying to write your name in cursive with your non-dominant hand. It's pretty bad, um, (laughs) bad and good in the right ways. Um, but yeah, so there wasn't, there were several things that helped me move from a place of anxiety depression and avoidance to a place of healing and it was definitely a one one step at a time process so you know first jesus made himself known to me and he's like i'm going to work on your heart every day and i'm not going to give up on you and knowing that all the people in my life who had disappointed me and had kind of abandoned me in a way. And then still knowing that Jesus was there and he didn't care that I had mascara stains on my pillows and I woke up with my eyes puffy and like all the all those things, like the nitty-gritty of your life. He is still in it with you and he'll sit with you in the valleys. Um, just realizing that was huge for me. Um, I think Jesus sometimes likes to start at a place where he's building trust with you because. Mm-hmm especially when we all come from different backgrounds, we've had, I mean, we can have parents disappoint us and abandon us. We can have our best friends. We can have our spouses and our boyfriends and people we never think that would hurt us will be the ones to destroy us. Um, if we don't have the right tools to realize that we can't and shouldn't put our worth and our purpose in people of the- like, if you have somebody, of course, like I have people that I trust with my life In Mm. like currently in my in this season of life, and that is so important. But still, our ultimate hope is in Jesus, and our ultimate purpose and our identities are in Jesus. And we have to solidify that. And so, once I realized that that in itself is a journey, Jesus just helped me with the rest of it. Like I said, it was a step by step process, and I think daily prayer helps me a lot. Being with people, I'm very social. I like to connect with people. being in fellowship with others really helped me come from a place of like a dark, like a place of darkness and depression to a place of healing. Um, because I got that support system that I desperately needed during that time and just being willing to be open. I think that can be really difficult for people. And I, I'm not saying it, it's like, it suddenly isn't difficult, but once you find the right person to open up to, then you're like, okay, that wasn't so scary. I mean, it was a little scary, but I can do it again if I wanted to, like if I really tried. Um, So just being able to be willing to be vulnerable with people really helped me as well.
0: I like how you said that we have to be open. And I think too, that starts first with being open with ourselves um, and realizing, okay, yes, I, this is an area I'm struggling with. Yes. um, Okay. Maybe this is something that's really triggering to me and being open open with ourselves and being able to explore that within ourselves will enable us to also be able to explore that with somebody else and yeah. i do want to encourage you i i are i love how you said that it's those little next steps those small steps and i just want to encourage somebody out there if you're struggling in these ways that it's not about taking huge leaps and bounds and these don't be discouraged with small beginnings Don't be discouraged with the small steps because we just do the next right thing, even when it's messy, even when it's hard. And painful and like you said, Shelby, when there's tear stains all over our pillow, we just do the next right thing.
1: Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't declare Jesus as my Lord and Savior, get a nutritionist, get the right therapist, find the right friends, and move to a better work environment, whatever it was, all in the same day, let alone in the same three year time period. That does not happen. It takes time, just like all good things take time and they deserve a slow a slow burn basically like will god crap out of you and like put someone amazing in your life or put an opportunity in your life that you absolutely need absolutely he has the capability and the willingness and the heart to do that but for our benefit um at least for my benefit and my experience, everything in perfect time and i like I said, i don't think i can imagine it any other way between finding my nutritionist I went through a couple nutritionists um who, who helped me really understand that I was more than my body image. And then, like you said, couple that with the word of God, it's just like, you know, my, my nutritionist wasn't a Christian, but that didn't mean she didn't respect the fact that I was. Um, and then she was able to give me, um, very thoughtful, um, like advice and like you said, next steps. And then I was able to couple that with the word of God. And I was like, wow, like this really does all come like go hand in hand, at the right time. And it just, it's such a good feeling. Like it's such a crazy wild feeling to feel God moving and like working in your life. It's nuts.
0: While you were talking, you said something that really stuck out to me about um, how sometimes it's a slow process. And the thing that really hit me whenever you were talking is that God uses the slow process to reveal himself more and more to us. And I think that, It's like this discovery, like when, like in in any relationship, you go through this time of discovering something new about the person, and you each day you learn something new, and you spend time together, and you grow in love, and you grow in or in grow in friendship, and that takes time, and sometimes it feels slow, sometimes it feels like, oh, I just wish it was just like that, but he uses this slow time to reveal himself to us, and I think that's really powerful. I know for me, I, I have no experience with. Um, something that we're going to be talking about later in this episode, talking about infertility. I don't have any experience with that or with an eating disorder, but I do remember having an incredibly bitter relationship with my body due to chronic illness. I just felt like my body was a bad body that it was unsafe and it was constantly letting me down. And I yeah. just, I remember having this, like even just in the last year, having to relearn what it's like to feel safe within my body and into a Actually, truly, okay. I do love myself, chronic illness included, my struggles included. Like that took, and I've been sick for um, it'll be 11 years now, and it took just this last year to really realize, okay, this is all made in the image of God, this is fearfully and wonderfully made. And sometimes we feel like we're more fearfully than wonderfully made, but actually realizing that no, it's it's this, mm-hmm. it's that. God didn't make a mistake when he made us and he understands and he already knows the struggles we're gonna go through. Um and I just I remember having yeah. to relearn that. Um and so yeah, and I, I'm curious, um you also said um, like in our own conversations, and something that we were gonna talk about today was also this struggle of infertility. And could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, um, just kind of going back to what you were just talking about, I this ties into the infertility piece. Um, I also really struggled with like, I want a different body. I yeah. remember waking up and this was when I was in high school slash college. I remember just laying in bed at night, waking up, just feeling vulnerable. And I was like, can I just wake up in a different body? Like I will treat it right. I'll feed it. Like, just please, wake me up in a different body. I don't want this one anymore. Um, so I also really struggled with those feelings and it's, it's really awful. Like I would never wish that on any, um, and I wish I could hold people close to me that, that do feel like that. Um, and then, you know, eventually after college and I got married, I discovered that I had PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, and basically it's very common unfortunately, but it makes it very, very difficult to get pregnant. It makes it difficult to lose weight. And so here comes a God moment in my life where I realized that all these prayers that I was annoying God with, um, over my life about losing weight and answered prayer was finding out that I had PCOS because I realized that, yeah, my body's a little, um, it's not, <laughs> It's not damaged because God doesn't make mistakes, but there's just something, there's like a cork about it. You know, Mm -hmm. there's something I didn't know. And God revealed that to me. And so by him revealing to me and putting me on the path of finding the right medical staff to help me, um, understand this disorder, the syndrome, I guess, um, that helped me find a lot of peace with what I'd already struggled with because I thought all those years struggling with an eating disorder, I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't good enough. Everybody else could lose weight because they were doing something better than me when really what I was doing was enough the whole time. It just, there was something underlying that I wasn't able to nurture, I guess. Uh, I wasn't able to help myself because I didn't know enough. And so once I had that diagnosis, I just remember thanking God, like, in a moment where most people would scream and stomp their feet. And I definitely have done both those things. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I was grateful that I was finally given the wisdom and clarity that I needed to move forward. Um, so I don't know if that answered the whole question. Um, but <laughs> that was kind of yeah. the beginning and this has only been about a year and a half journey. I, I really didn't know about PCOS for, you know, most of my life. So, um, I had a, I had a inkling that that's what it was, but no medical professional would ever really test me for it. And, you know, finally found the right person and I was able to, um, heal and figure out what I needed to do from there.
0: Yeah. I think you answered the question beautifully. I don't even know if I asked the question, but it was, how (laughs) would you say infertility impacted your relationship with your body? Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. So,
1: you know, kind of um I you know, bits and uh, pieces of answer in what I said, but I think it was good honestly. It it hasn't been easy, but like I said there was that struggle that I had had for years and years of my life with an eating disorder, but like PCOS played into it. You know, PCOS is a hormone issue and so it can make you um feel like you don't have you haven't been eating enough food when you maybe like when normal people have eaten enough food. And so that um, developed the binge eating aspect of it. And um, even if you exercise, like do what everyone else is doing, you can follow someone's plan to a T eating plan, exercise plan, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If you don't figure out what type of PCOS you have or what type of infertility issue you have, it's going to be impossible, almost impossible for you to hit any sort of goal, even if you're not trying to lose weight, even if you are just solely focusing on getting pregnant. Um, it's very, every, um, infertility, uh, journey is incredibly unique down to the cellular level. And so, like I said, I did go through, um, like a triumph in my mind where I was able to be like, okay, I need to take a second and I need to realize that all this time I was doing enough. It wasn't me. I just didn't have the knowledge that I needed to move forward. Um, and like I said, that's where therapists can help you figure out things that you just probably never even thought of, you know, what, even it's just if it's about something on your healing journey or, you know, something about the way your mind works, you know, your personality and all those things. So, um, knowledge is absolutely power and God helped me get that knowledge that I needed and um I've definitely gone through valleys recently where I'm like I'm back in that headspace sometimes where I'm like my body is broken. It is very damaged. And now, you know, it's affected my marriage a little bit. Thank God I have an amazing husband because I unfortunately was in a place where I was like, I understand if you don't want to be married to me because you didn't know I didn't know this. Like I we've only been married for like a year and been together for four. And I was like, if you want to leave, I'm giving you an out because I wish I could have told you that I'd had this issue before. And then you could have made an informed decision on whether you wanted to be with me. But um like I said, the right people will never ever judge you for something you cannot control. Um and neither will God. And so it's it's definitely been a struggle, but there's been a lot of blessings sprinkled out through that struggle as well.
0: Yeah. The, um, the thing that like, I thank you for sharing that. I just, that just sat so deeply within me. I remember, um, right after I got diagnosed and it hasn't been very long. Uh, my doctor told me I, I, to my knowledge, I don't have issues with infertility. Um, but my doctor told me, he said, this is, um, a genetic disorder. Um, and you should not have children, and I remember going through this grieving process of, okay, I've always wanted to be a mom, and I'm not saying I will never be a mom, because that's up to the Lord, and I would love to be a mom, um, but I remember him saying, like, this is going to be too hard on your body. You could pass it down to your children in the future, and I remember going through that grieving process of, okay, like, I I want this in my life, and I, my body is the reason I could not have this in my future. And I remember feeling like, well, who's gonna wanna be with me or who's going to want to you know, um, work through this with me and um, or maybe build a family in different ways than you know, carrying a child. And so I just, what you said just stuck so deeply in my heart that the right people are not going to be judgmental. They're going to love you. They're going to work through this journey with you. And I truly believe that God is gonna place those right people in your path if you're someone who's struggling with um, infertility or struggling with um, other reasons why you can't have kids or maybe you're thinking about having a family in a different way god will put those people in your path that will be supportive and willing to walk through that together with you so thank you for sharing that we were talking about how how infertility impacted your relationship with your body and i think it's really neat that um, that infertility, while that I cannot imagine how hard and difficult that must be, but it was in a way, a blessing that God, like you got answers that you were looking for. And that had to be so healing on the other hand, like on the other hand, this tandem of grief, but also healing in some ways for other areas. And I'm curious, what are some ways that you created a healthy relationship with your body as you worked through as you worked through infertility, as you worked through eating disorder, as you worked through body image, what are some ways you created a healthy relationship with your body? Yeah,
1: so I think in my mind, two things really stick out, and one was my nutritionist that I found. I worked with two. One was not well equipped to to mentor somebody with an eating disorder. And so that was kind of a waste of my time. Um, number two <laughs> was my nutritionist that I still see every now and then. Um, she was specifically working with people, with clients who had eating disorders. And I don't think I realized that when I booked a session with her. And so that was kind of a good surprise. Um, I was just really focused on losing weight because my, for years of my life, so really it became a habit. I put my worth in my weight and you know, the number on the scale. And so she really helped me figure out those next steps on things that I needed to accomplish. And that I needed to focus on to shift my focus from, okay, my worth is in my weight. And if I am not a certain number, if I don't look a certain way, then nobody is going to date me, nobody's going to love me, everybody's always going to see my weight right when I walk into the room, um, to a perspective where I am, Again, this is where my own knowledge and my own relationship with the Lord came in. Um, I was able to shift my perspective from that kind of toxic thinking to, okay, God doesn't make mistakes. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. There is no, there's nothing wrong with my body because every single day I wake up and God needs me. So if he needs me, there's purpose and there's strength and there's courage and, you know, all these things that I am fabricated with that he used to create my very being. So that was kind of like I mean that that's a really strong um like word of encouragement because that it didn't come overnight but like I said I can sit here now and be like there is not a single thing wrong with you. No matter what it's okay to want to lose weight. It's okay to want to heal x y and z, you know, part of your life whatever it is. There's nothing wrong with having those kind of goals. But when you put your entire when when you put your energy into only that, you're taking away something really special and unique about you because you're focusing on a part of you that you are not taking to heaven. And that is the physical part. Mm -hmm. And that was huge for me. It was not an overnight realization. It was a piece by piece process. It was putting my trust in the Lord, not putting trust in other people and being like, you know, I am, who God says I am. And then I went into the Bible and I looked up those truths. Um, I looked up the scriptures that are like, okay, this is who God says I am. Nothing will ever change it because it is written in the only holy book that we, that God created and he created that for us. So it must be true. Um, that completely changed my perspective, my mental health, my perspective on my body, my relationship with my body, um, everything in between. So, um, yeah, that was kind of that in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> I love it. I I remember um like walking through chronic illness or rolling through chronic illness. I remember having this moment of feeling like, if God loves me, why did he make my body this way? And why has he allowed me to struggle in this way if he loved me? And I'm curious, did you ever find that you had this question yourself? Yeah, I think because um when I was struggling really,
1: really struggling with an eating disorder. I was just like, I was, I wasn't a Christian yet, or I was a baby Christian. And so I hadn't quite married up the fact that, oh, this eating disorder is not something I need to hold on to. And I can abolish it in the name of Jesus. You know, that kind of came later. Um, I think I have myself that more with the fertility thing, the issue because an eating disorder, although I struggled with it and it was a huge part of my life, it was a lot I'm not going to say easier to overcome because it was like a 12 year thing, just something that it, for me, the word and understanding that God has a lot to say about your physical and that like, you are a temple. Your body is a temple for the Holy spirit, no matter how you live, like no matter what you struggle with, the Holy spirit lives within you. So My issue with weight, my issue with an eating disorder, with body image issues, that was something that God was so willing to help me with and could help me change my perspective. The the fertility thing is a little less simple in my mind. Um, Yes, people can reverse PCOS and women can absolutely have children with PCOS. It's definitely possible. And I pray for a miracle every single day. I think with the infertility, I have definitely had long, long conversations with God about why this was happening to me. Um, I think we have those moments that we all are at kind of rock bottom and we're like, why, especially when you're in an infertility struggle, you look at everybody else. I mean, I have like 12 different people in my life right now that are pregnant and I'm like, what in the heck is going on? I would be, I said, God, you see how I treat my dogs. Just imagine how i treat a baby. Okay. And it's like, you find yourself in a place where you're negotiating with God. Um, I know, I know for, you know, many, many of my prayers, I'm just like, God, we will raise our babies to love you and know you like, I don't like, I know, you know that. So what is, what is the problem here? (laughs) Um, I, for the first time in my life, I, I think it was maybe the beginning of, um, of 2021. I remember sitting in my car, crying my eyes out because I just felt like God, I said, I said, maybe I got God wrong. Maybe he isn't as good as I once thought he was, because I think I was first diagnosed and that, I think I was in the car because I was coming home from my, um, from a doctor's appointment and they had found the cysts on my ovaries. And so it just really confirmed the fact that I, I was really going to struggle. Like we were about to go into a full blown in journey struggle, looking at treatments and things like that. I was on medication that just destroyed my body, um, and so, in that moment, I was really at a low point with God. Um, but because of my work that I had done in the past—you know, Bible studying, praying, finding fellowship—it um, was a lot easier for me to pull myself out. Because it, it was there, I never had a moment where I was like, "God isn't real." If I am struggling with this, that means God isn't real. I've never ever had that moment. And I want to encourage listeners to be to know that it's okay to like, stop your feet and cry sometimes because God still loves you. I sat in that car and I just, I cried. Mm-hmm. Um, I was yelling <laughs> at God. I was flailing my hands and I was like, it's just not. I don't understand. I, I don't understand why I am specifically going through this. Like my husband deserves babies. I deserve babies. We know a lot of people who aren't fit to be parents and yet they're pregnant. Like I just don't get it. And so in that mess, I woke up morning after morning being like, God, I'm so angry. Thank you for waking me up today. I'm really grateful for breath in my lungs today and food in my fridge and a roof over my head, but I am not prepared. I'm just not ready to talk to you today. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, like that might be a little rude, but when don't you struggle with your best friend or your parents, you know, when don't you fight with them sometimes? Um, We have a long time on this earth, God willing. And so it's kind of, it's a fantasy to think that we're never going to have moment or several moments where we're like, God, what in the heck is going on right now? I don't, I don't get it. Um, and so I've always encouraged people to just be your authentic and real self with God. Even if you are angry, um, that it's, it's okay. He loves you no matter what he made those emotions. He created you to have emotions for, for a reason and a purpose. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, God is not afraid of our questions, and he's not afraid of our emotions, um, and I think mm-hmm. that whenever we realize those two things, it it allows us to have a deeper relationship with him on one hand because we are able to take all of that to the cross and lay it there, and we're able to say, okay, God, I don't know what to say. I don't want to talk to you. I'm here, but like I I don't have the words. I Like all I have are tears today. I don't have words. I have anger. I don't have you know, I, I, but he's not afraid of that. And I think, I think he knows that our human hearts are going to struggle. And something that I want to touch on is that so often when we're, when people discuss health-related issues, like infertility, chronic illness, or like nutrition, things along these lines, um, a lot of times I, I see that it's like, oh, if you, if you are struggling in this way, it's your fault because you're not eating well enough. You're not doing, you know, X, Y, Z, you're not taking all the vitamins or you've not got enough sun or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's a sense of, oh, if you're struggling with these things, that, that it's your, your fault. Or in, I feel like in Christian circles, like you were saying, we can put so much pressure on ourselves because we think our body is a temple and it has to be in its pristine best tip top shape and but i i do think that in our health journeys there's only so much that we can control and we should do the right things do what we can but there is grace and space like god isn't saying like your temple has to look this exact way i think that's an expectation that we have put on ourselves not that god has put on ourselves and i think that yes we should do what we can for our bodies but there's only so much that we can do in a healthy way um and that there's grace and space there it doesn't we don't have to be healthy or in the most pristine condition to be pleasing and usable by god um yeah i know
1: i know for me when i finally got diagnosis that i had pcos i put i took a lot of pressure off of myself because Like I said, I went a long time thinking that I just wasn't good enough. I wasn't working hard enough. And that's just not true. Something like PCOS is not something that can be cured overnight. Um, Sometimes not even with medication. It's just something that can be managed. So like I said, for me, it was just, I, I mean, like I didn't just wake up and I was like, okay, like I'm just suddenly, I don't have an eating disorder because I have clarity and wisdom and all those things. Like I just realized that. I I liked. I felt like I could just sigh a breath of relief and just be like, okay, no matter what I was going to do, um, none of that was supposed to work because God can use every instance and every situation and every struggle for his good. And well, for our good and his glory. So that's just kind of how I had to shift my perspective. I was like, okay, you're gonna, you know, I mean, already, like he's used that, like that part of my testimony to help other women. Um, and I've been able to connect with other women who have struggled with PCOS as well. People that are, um, that I went to high school with, like we connected over, and Cheyenne O'Shea on my podcast, like we had several conversations about infertility because she also struggles with PCOS. And so I think when, you know, and you really take to heart, the fact that God will use it to redeem you and to give him glory, it's just like, it's in his hands and it should be, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And. I am curious as you walk through the infertility and the unknown that comes with that, what does making space for grief look like for you? And how would you encourage others to make space for grief in their own lives too?
1: Yeah. So like you, I also had to kind of grieve the idea that I might not ever have kids. Right. So it's not that I've given up on the idea of having kids. It's just, I. I'm very aware that maybe that's just not what God has um in mind for our specific family. So grief-wise, it kind of I I had to tie in everything. I had to tie in therapy. I had to tie in journaling. I had to open up to somebody and let them know that I was struggling horribly with depression and anxiety over um this season of life where we're struggling with the idea that we might not have kids physically, like, on, like naturally. And so making space for grief, it looks different for everybody and grief can look so grief. You can be grieving for different reasons and it can look different every single time. So you can grieve someone, a loss of somebody, whether they have passed away or you've broken up with them, whether it's like a boyfriend or a friendship or whatever, you can grieve something like the loss of a dream and that grieving process will look different every single time. And that is a, okay. Yeah. I have needed to process things differently. Um, by like a week by week basis, month by month basis, you know, like it just depends on you specifically and how deep the wound is. And at least for that, it's in my experience. Um, sometimes, you know, I've lost, I've had to grieve losses of friendships and that process was tough, but I knew that God got rid of them for a reason. You know, like there was probably a reason that I already knew or didn't know, but he was protecting me. Mm -hmm. Um, same with fertility. Like, I don't know if, if I were to get pregnant, would I lose the baby? Would I be in trouble? Would there be a health issue that I didn't know I had? And then, you know, I might lose the baby. My family might lose me. I don't know. It's just knowing like always being in God's word and understanding the truth about who you are and who he is and the promises he has given to you. He He wants us to go and multiply. And that can look a lot different because we are in a completely different time um, period and a different era than they were um, than people in the Bible. And so things just look a lot different. We struggle with different things, but the word is true yesterday, today, and forever. So just knowing that He does care about every single thing that you deal with. And he wants to give you the desires of your heart. It might not just look how you expect it to be, especially when everybody else is having babies or getting married or running marathons. Like you just, there's a reason why things work out the way they work out. And when you really know and solidify in your heart that God is so, so good and faithful, you're like, fine, you can stop your, I'm going to stop my feet for a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe even a couple of weeks, but I know for sure that you love me and you're the only person that has my best interests in mind every single second of the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I, something that you said, I really liked, you said that grieving doesn't mean giving up. And I remember also having to, to come to that, realizing that grieving means that I understand that I am acknowledging the reality of my life right now and what that could look like in the future. And I remember having this conversation with family members because I, it, they felt like I was giving up and I was you know, saying, no, it's not that I'm giving up. It's that I have to create space to grieve this future that I've always wanted or what had I thought life would look like. And that is healthy and that's natural. And I think that's something that's incredibly needed because In order to be able to dream new dreams, in order to be able to hold on to ultimate hope, we have to allow ourselves to grieve the death of dreams and to acknowledge those things so we can move forward in healthy ways. And so we can also move forward in ways that allow us to dream uh, for the future. I think, yes, I think
1: not grieving properly causes people to give up more than Mm -hmm. the grief itself, like grieving in itself. When we don't grieve properly or we don't allow ourselves space to grieve, just imagine the burnout that you would feel constantly spinning your wheels, trying to make something happen when maybe it's just to happen at that time or at all. And then you are closing yourself off to all of the possibilities and opportunities and new doors that God could have for you. You know, I, I struggled a lot with, like I said, the grief of that we might not be able to have our own kids physically or naturally, but I'm like, what if we go through this, like an adoption process and find just the best, perfect little human. And I, I shut myself off to that um, opportunity because I didn't grieve properly, or I didn't open my heart. Uh, I didn't give my heart and my, my worries and my anxieties to God, because I'm being, I don't want to say selfish, but I'm just not being realistic or I mean, to me, it's it's selfish in the sense that you're keeping something from yourself and you're stopping yourself from the healing that you deserve and that God wants for you.
0: That's so good. And I think like grief enables us, like you're saying, to walk in that victory, Um, maybe not immediately, but it, it does enable us to be able to, to. Like, like, I love how you said it, that sometimes not grieving keeps us from, from more than actually grieving does. And I think part of that is being able to, at some point, be able to walk in victory, even though it's hard, like being able to say, okay, I can move forward. And I, um, I am wondering what kind of encouragement and truth would you share with the girl who's listening in today? that is struggling through this concept of body image, whether it's because of chronic illness, infertility, eating disorder, or just in general, struggling with body image, um, what advice would you give to her?
1: Yeah. So I think, like I said, I wish I could hold every single person that struggles with those things because I have been there. I have been to the absolute rock bottom of of these issues. And I'm sure I'm not, it's not like the last time I'll be (laughs) rock bottom with those issues. Yeah, But, um, I just, I really encourage you, like I said, to find, and this is based on my own experience to open up to somebody, even if it's like one person, even if it's, I remember one time I forget what, I think it was, I think it was my infertility somewhere along my infertility journey. I, um, I just recorded myself. I put myself on video I didn't post it anywhere, but it was kind of like I was FaceTiming with a friend, I guess, but I just sat in bed and I recorded myself talking about everything that was on my mind. And that was kind of like journaling, but I was going through so much that I, my hand like couldn't write fast enough, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or if I tried my hand would hurt and then I would just end up like not getting through everything. And so just whatever works for you, like I said, do not avoid grieving. Don't avoid the painful, um, the painful parts of whatever journey you're on. Even if it's eating disorders, if it's infertility, if it's body image, whatever it is, because that is where you find the best and most authentic grace that God has to offer you in those hard, hard, difficult moments. Um, like I said, at the beginning of my, like where my testimony started, I was in a broken place. I was heartbroken. I was devastated. I didn't know who I was. I was struggling with anxiety, depression, and suicide. Like, but that's where God showed up for me. And so every single part of your life, God will make it beautiful. Mm -hmm. Even if it's already beautiful, that's like comparing the one flower in the field to the entire bouquet that God wants to give you, you know? So, so that's just kind of how I like to encourage people is just find somebody to sit in it with you. Even if it's yourself for the time being, even if it's you who needs to be that strong person, um, even if you don't feel strong, like having a habit to fall back on, whether it's journaling or talking out loud, um, calling a friend, calling your mom, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I always like, I always, that just has always helped me. We're not meant to do life alone. Mm. Um, Jesus wasn't alone in his, in his journey and in his walk with God and in his mission. He had so many friends that, um, that he relied on and he trusted. And I really encourage people to find those people that will rally behind you in your darkest, darkest moments.
0: Mm. That's so good. And so um, for our final question, something that I love to ask each of our guests is through this journey um, that you have gone through, what is something that you have learned the most about the character and the heart of God?
1: Yeah. So I love this question.
0: (laughs) So I think
1: like I, like I said in the beginning, God will use, he's not a forceful God, He's not going to, he will kick the door down for you. He will come to protect you and rally beside you. But in terms of you getting to know him, it's he wants you to trust him fully and completely. And so that might be a slow process in itself. And so for me, I learned over time that God was gentle, he was compassionate. When the people in my life weren't, he always was. And so I realized a few times that. Anytime that I thought God wasn't good, it was because of my perspective on the people in my life. So if I had a friend or someone in my family, even who was not supportive or understanding of something I was going through, sometimes I would put that on God because, you know, whether I just didn't know enough about him in the Bible, if I just wasn't spending enough time with him, quiet time where I could listen to him, um, Those moments made me question God, but when we're in his word and when we're spending time with him or we're spending time around people who remind us of God's character, that has been the most influential part of my walk with Christ. It's just knowing that there isn't anything we can do. There's no, there's no flaw in you in his eyes. And it's hard to realize that when we, when we live in the world that we do, Mm -hmm but it is life changing and it is life giving and life saving (laughs) all at once, all at the same time. So just the character of God, I mean, every day he teaches me something new about him because we're always going to have struggles. Jesus had struggles. He was tempted beyond what most of us are able to handle, but we absolutely can because he, like I said, has walked before us. So yeah, just, I mean, he's, he's good. Like think about something that think about something in your life that you believe is constant
0: and he is more constant than that. Like he will always, always be there. I love that. Shelby, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing um, parts of your story with us and um, being willing to have these conversations about body image, um, infertility and eating disorders. And I I know that Shelby probably feels this way too, but I hope this was an encouragement to you guys. Shelby, thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so, so much. I love being on here. I'm so happy you are following a dream and a passion of yours, and I'm so glad to be a part of it.
0: All right, my friend, wasn't this conversation with Shelby so good? If you liked this conversation, I know you'll love her book called The Simple Truth, Finding God, Enduring Heartbreak, and Surviving Adversity. I will leave the information to that and all the other ways that you can connect with Shelby in the show notes below this episode. And also, if you liked this episode and you are um, something that has been said resonates with you, please be sure to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're streaming this from. That would be so greatly appreciated. And I will see you right back here on the next episode of the She Chose Hope Podcast.